Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Creative Visibility Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Yay. I'm so happy I'm here, too. Thanks so much for inviting me, Brett. Yeah. So for um, people who don't know you or don't follow you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I am a financial coach who helps creative freedom seekers, who I like to call freedom seekers, <laughs> make more, worry less, and achieve true financial freedom so that you can create the life of your dreams. I apply very practical and spiritual practices to my work because I really believe in a holistic look at your money because everything affects money. You know, whatever's going on with you emotionally affects your money, whatever is going on with you in your relationships affects your money. So um, I really uh, look at everything as a whole in terms of helping you to heal your relationship with money as well as um, getting rid of money blocks so that you can actually make more money. You say heal your relationship with money like people have damaged relationships with money. What it, is that? <laughs> do you find that to be true? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think, um, well, most of us like grew up without knowing anything about money, right? It's like we grew up in, um, most of our parents didn't teach us about money. Most of us like didn't know how how money really worked. And so what we absorbed as children, we got through um, seeing how other people reacted to money. Like if we had parents who fought all the time, like I had parents who fought all the time around money, right? And um, so I absorbed different things and learned um, what I didn't want, but rather than what I would have wanted, right, with money. And so I do, do have... Um, you know, I started off with a very different relationship with money and saw that like with my, you know, my, my family, for some reason, felt like money was really kind of a super important thing. And not that it's not important. However, like they made it so important that it was like we couldn't really just have fun or, you know, do some of the things that you wanted to do as a kid together as a family. And so I grew up not even wanting money to be a thing in my life. And, um, and so whenever I made any money, I used to just spend it all. Like every, any time money came into my life, it just went right out, you know, um, to the point where like, even in college, I took cabs everywhere. I, <laughs> I like paid for all my friends' drinks at the bar. You know, I just did not want to be associated with money. And later I just realized, well, that's not a very healthy way to to go about it. And um, and so once I started as a freelancer, I kind of figured out like, okay, what do I want? What do I need? Um to to have in my life and what do I want money to mean for me? And all I really want money to mean for me is like freedom of choice, right? The more money I have, the more choices I have to be able to do the things that I want to do, right? And that's really important to me also because of where what I've also learned growing up because I've known 
um, two women growing up. And then later on, I have a best friend who um, had to stay in abusive relationships because of the lack of money in their lives. They didn't work outside of the home. They took care of small children and they just felt like they had didn't have a choice, you know, and, and in order for them to survive and take care of their kids, they had to stay in this relationship. And I never wanted that, right? And what, so it's become my mission in life. And my mission in life is to really empower people, everyone, everyone I know to actually be able to make decisions not based on money. And instead, I want you to make decisions based on um, the dreams that you have for your life and for your kids and the things that you really that really light you up and what you really, really want to do. And that's also why I love talking to creatives, you know, and it's, it's not just because I was one, right? Like I was a TV producer for 15 years. And, um, and so I really understand what that lifestyle is like, like living paycheck to paycheck or, or kind of the feast or famine mode of working on a show for three months and then not working for mm -hmm. three months or six months. Yep. Um, so I truly understand it from that perspective, but I also understand um, it from a very emotional perspective of wanting to um, give people that freedom of choice, you know, and to be able to do those things that you really want to do and not have to base it off of, can I pay my bills this month? Ooh, yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. I'm, I'm currently doing your program and I love the way you start with just acknowledging abundance, right? Where I feel like most financial people are going to start like start looking at your expenses and you're like, let's let's look at what's coming in because that's really um, quantum physics, right? What you put your energy on is what you get. And I have found that to be so true since we just started with that first exercise, noticing what's manifesting for me, which is which has been really cool. But I also like as you were just talking, especially picturing you in New York buying your friends drinks, paying for taxis, because Lord knows I did the same thing. But I remember at that time, like I thought I would graduate from theater school, work for the rest of my life on Broadway, and never have to worry about when I was going to, um, or how to pay the bills. I just had never thought about it. Like no one said, how, how are you gonna pay the bills? And if they did, I was so stubborn and I don't know, persistent or or blind, just had these blinders up that was like, oh, you know, God's going to take care of me. It's all going to be fine. I'm so talented. I'm the exception to the rule or whatever entitlement was coming up for me. But I remember that my self-worth was so tied into what I did that at 21, 22 years old, and I'd been so lucky to have worked uh, professionally, but then like 9-11 happened and I was living in New York and I had no job and I did not know how to pay my bills. I just didn't even have the tools in my tool belt, right? And then the the sickening part of it was like, then because I didn't couldn't pay the bills, I was a terrible person, I am failing, I, you know, or even like, I don't even deserve to live. Like there were moments where it was that bad. How do we help people see 
What maybe because you know, as a creative, you do have to have a certain level of blinders up to move forward, right? But how do you how do people get clear and get honest with themselves when maybe there's resistance around that or they they're afraid to because they might think that, oh, I have to give up my dream in order to do so. Mm. Yeah, those are great questions. And and I want to kind of go back to the self-worth piece for a little bit, because I do really, really believe that your self-worth is tied to your net worth, right? And the more that you increase your self-worth, the more your net worth goes up. The opposite isn't true because lots of people with high net worth like <laughs> may not have high self-worth and that's and that's when they get into trouble right like that's when you know the lottery winners go bankrupt within 3 years or um musicians like go on drug binges and you know and or child stars you know start to spend all their money and then you know they don't have anything to show for it afterwards right and so this is this is like a matter of choice in a way, right? Like it's like sometimes people come to this place of like, now that I have nothing, I need to start looking at it. But I want you to look at it when you have something. And, and I want you to look at it in a way of like, okay, even if you're putting away $5 a month, Right. That is something that is mm. something more than, you know, and, and it can build upon itself. You know, it can build upon itself in the future so that when you do need the money, you have something to fall back on. I really believe in that. I really believe in like, especially for for creatives, it's like, you know, we all have to, you know, look at it in a in a way that's like the more money you have sort of in the bank, you know, like just as an emergency or for a rainy day or whatever, the more that you're going to be able to make the choices to keep going with your dreams, mm. right? Because if you're in survival mode, right? Like there is no way you can be as creative as you possibly want to be. There's just no way. There's no way. You know? And I, I mean, I, I mean, I've been in that up and up and down into that for so many mm -hmm. years. Right. And mm -hmm. I guess, you know, the challenge I think about, I feel like this is turning into like you coaching me almost. Um, <laughs> I feel like the challenge is like, you, you know, especially for um, people maybe in my experience of being in the theater or being an actor where it's feast or famine sometimes, you know, you're in a great gig, you're a great show, you're making the most money you've ever made as an actor. And you're like, finally, I can do all the things that I wanted to do. And then the show closes <laughs> and all of that stops. Right. Or you book a TV show, you do a couple episodes, it doesn't get picked up. Right. And then you're dealing with like, what, who am I? How, you know, like all of that yes. stuff starts to come into play. Um, yes. So I know people who are Tony winning actors, right. Who are Emmy nominated actors who have to have a side hustle, have to have a side job because they are, not making enough money, you know, from acting to support themselves. And I think that there's for those people at that stage in the game, they tend to not be too tied into it. Like they're like, no, it's what I have to do. I got to pay the bills. I'm in New York and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Or I have kids or I have kids. Mm -hmm. But for these young people that even myself, you know, at 22, mm -hmm. who is like, if I'm not making money as an actor, I'm 
failing and I, you know, and I would get this, I would wait tables or I would cater or I let, let's roll out the list of things that I did to make money. Um, <laughs> how do you help them balance the thoughts around income, putting a roof over your head and food in your belly while you're pursuing this and making money as a creative? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, it's like a, a way to think about it in a different way. Like I want you to think about it as an investment job, right? <laughs> Something that's investing in your own future. Um, and you're using it as a way to be able to keep going on the auditions and keep going on um, to, to do the things that you're, you really want to do, right? Because like, again, what we were talking about before is like, when you look at like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? <laughs> if anybody has seen those, that pyramid at the bottom, it is like food, shelter, water, right? Like those are the, your basic needs and, and love, right? Like we all, we actually do need that too. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to be able to take care of that first, right? Like there's just no way of thinking about any of that other stuff without having your basic needs met. And once you have your basic needs met, you're going to find that you're going to just have a much bigger capacity to be able to, to um, get the jobs, get the things that you've been wanting to do. And then also other people are going to feel that energy, right? Because it's the same thing. Like if somebody feels like you're desperate, like your energy is like, I'm desperate. I haven't worked and I don't have any money. And if I don't get this job, I will need to move back to Kansas or I need to, you know, or, or whatever. Unfortunately, that doesn't draw in somebody wanting to hire you for any jobs, right? No. Like think about and they it. They smell it. Yes. It's like dating, <laughs> right? Like when you're dating somebody and that person's like, yeah, I haven't had a date in you know, two years and I'm totally desperate. Like it's a turn off, right? It's a complete turn off. Yeah. And, and employers are the same, right? No matter what casting well, directors. But anybody. also like if you're running a business too, I mean, your customers can smell it too. It's like, if yes. you're like in, you, you, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get your brand or whatever off the ground, Yes. And you're so, because I see this all the time. People are just, they're trying to figure out how to grow as fast as possible. They're trying to get as many followers as possible. And so they start, they stop focusing on relationships and start focusing on numbers, right? They start focusing on like the algorithm, right? Or like, yes. yeah, right? I'm like, what about people? Like, they're just supposed to be doing this for people, not a computer. Like, right. And so actors do the same thing and, you know, it's just a different type of situation. Right. So having that stability, having that, that investment yes. in the meantime, knowing that like it's an income opportunity, right? I mean, that's what I hear you say. It's like the income versus the fulfill the fulfillment, I guess, or the, the career. I don't know. Yeah, it's the income. Well, it's the investment in yourself and having that baseline, having the foundation to be able to actually create something bigger, you know, in, in terms of your dreams, right? Like, I do believe that God takes care of us no matter what, you know, one of my, you know, favorite Bible verses and not to get preachy because, you know, I, I 
I'm very open when it comes to religion. However, I did grow up in the South and and I did <laughs> go to Baptist church for <laughs> every single Sunday <laughs> for many, many years. Um, it's so funny. I my- never, I never would have looked at you and said she grew up Baptist. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Most people are surprised to even know that I grew up in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite Bible verses is from the book of Matthew, where they talk about how, like, you know, God takes care of the trees and the flowers and the birds in the air. And why wouldn't he take care of us? Right. Aren't you just as important, even more important than all of the other uh, all of the other God's creations? Right. Mm. And so I really, really adhere to that. And I love that. And I also know that because money isn't really something that's super spiritual or you can't, you know, you can't take it away with you that to have more than enough, like we're always going to have the enough part, but then to have the more than enough part, it's like, that's up to us, right? It's up to us to decide we want to have more. It's up to us to start to create habits and to um, understand how to create more and to invest in order for our money to make more, uh, that's all up to us to have. I love that. And I I wish there were more Christians who relied on that verse in Matthew. Um, I love that verse. Um, so So how do we as creatives, you know, look at finding financial freedom, right? What are the steps to to even getting there because I, I mean, I know people who are trying to create multiple streams of income, either through online, through their craft, through running businesses. Um, and they, there's that, if you come from the arts and creativity, we are already kind of inundated with a scarcity mindset from not just like mostly just from cultural, right? Like our family, everyone culturally has a perception of what it means to be a creative. You're going to be broke. You're going to struggle. If you're an actor, you're going to deal with rejection, you know, all all of those things. Mm -hmm. What are the steps to, to getting out of that scarcity mindset and, and leading towards financial freedom? Yeah. So one of my favorite things is to, And this is something that, you know, we talk about in the Financial Freedom for Creatives Club is to start to notice like what is coming in for you, right? And to start to notice the abundance in your life. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's money, but instead to start noticing any kind of abundance in your life, right? Like if you normally, it's a really busy parking lot, but you instantly got a the first spot (laughs) that's abundance right Mm. and to make a note of it you know so that you start to focus your mind on what is coming in for you what is abundant in your life rather than focusing on what you lack or what Mm. is not there in your life Mm. you know so that's a really powerful exercise for anybody to start to be able to cultivate um i really believe that's you know a, a really good way to look at it. And then the other part of abundance is to start to to look at, like, I want you to look at the world in a way that it's like, there's, there's enough for everyone. And it's not just like, okay, if, 
if I don't get something, I don't have, you know, like there's, there's only, you know, like there's only one thing for me, right? Like, <laughs> and, and if somebody else gets it, then I don't have that anymore. But instead to, to start to open up your mind to say like, there is enough for everybody. It's the same as our, the oxygen we breathe. There's enough oxygen for all of us, right? And there's also enough money for all of us. There's enough money and opportunities for all of us, right? There's so much money in this world. I mean, it's so crazy. I mean, I just even wrote about it today in my blog post that, you know, I know when I say this, people are a little bit like, well, if, if you know, like there are real realities to all this, but money isn't really real. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we as humans made it up. You know, we made up the currencies, right? We and every country has its own value, right? Like a dollar in the U.S. is not the same as a Canadian dollar, not the same as an Australian dollar, right? And we as society have decided what that amount means and even during the pandemic when they were giving out like checks right like they were sending out money it's like they're just printing up more money so there's enough for everyone and we just need to start to look at it in that sense it's like all of us can be able to create and have and and cultivate more money in our lives we all can and deserve to have that as well. I love that. You know, I was just gonna, you know, Stephen and I are expecting a baby in, in April. And, um, and, you know, for two men to have a baby, it's extremely expensive, especially because we went through surrogacy, which is like the most expensive way to go. And it's, you know, but we were, we love a challenge. We love an adventure. We were like, we're just gonna figure this out. And it's taken five years, but we're finally there. And it's very exciting. But it's, of course, bringing up as we get closer to parenthood, it's bringing up our experience of parenting. Mm. Right. And we're really looking at because we're dealing with our family is very excited about us having a baby. They're coming to the forefront, which is interesting at this stage in our lives after being so independent in living in New York for 20 whatever years now being back in Texas. It's been very interesting. Mm. But right before this call, I made a post in my Instagram stories about, you know, we invest in these these amazing women that come and clean our house. Mm -hmm. And they come twice a month. Mm -hmm. And we but you know, we put it in our expenses as something that's worthwhile because literally they came and cleaned for an hour while I was in here coaching clients. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was actually making money while they were cleaning the house and it basically paid for it. And it's like mm -hmm. for me as a business person. So it's a worthwhile expense for investing in my business to have mm -hmm. these people do that, right? And that's like the way I think about it. I don't think of it as a luxury. It's like, this is part of my business. It is a luxury. I mean, these are wonderful people doing this for, for us, but like, mm -hmm. it's a different way of thinking. And then I got a text mm -hmm. from my mother-in-law because mm -hmm. she saw my stories. I don't know if it was on Instagram or Facebook. And she was like, I can't believe you pay for a cleaning person get off your lazy asses and do it yourself. Mm. And wow. I don't think she was joking. Mm. And how did you feel when, she, when you got that text? I was a little, I, I, la I actually wrote back, ha ha, like thinking she's joking. And then I realized, oh, she's, I don't know that she's joking. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit offended. Mm-hmm. How dare you call us lazy? Like we're working mm-hmm. our butts off. Mm-hmm. But then also like, oh man, this is so sad that she feels like this is something I have to do. Right. That it's my responsibility, that it's not that like, and that she can't see the amount of work that we have put in to get us here. Right. Yes. Yes. That's really frustrating. And then it's also got me thinking, okay, how do we protect our family unit from this way of thinking? And I also know, and this is something that, you know, I actually would love to talk about, we can talk about in a minute, but is the relationship being married to a creative we both make money that's not the most consistent. We're both trying to make decisions based on our passions. You know, so trying to balance, like, you know, I don't know. I Steven's not here, so I don't know how he's going to react to his mom's text. He might actually buy into it, right? Oh, mm-hmm. no, we are wasting money. We shouldn't be doing this. How selfish, mm-hmm. right? So it's an interesting yeah. proce- process that I think we all carry so much of our views around money into adulthood. And I'm like, I almost tech, I, I stopped myself from doing this. I'm like, you know, I'm 42. Like you can't actually tell me how to, how to live my life at this point. And I'm not actually your son. Like I'm your son-in-law. You know? Right. Right. I mean, I, I have so much to say about this. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it, it isn't anyone's business, right? Like, there, like no one's, I mean, even though we should have more conversations around money and like, you know, how much people are making and, you know, and all of these things shouldn't be hidden in the closet. However, it's not anyone's business what you're doing with your money, to be honest. Right. And, um, and I tell, and I say this to couples that I work with, like I work with a lot of couples and especially creative couples. And I say, you have to keep yourself in a bubble in a way, especially when you start to have kids, right? Because no matter what, like, think about it this way. Even if you felt like your parents were perfect, not that most, most people do not think their parents are perfect, but even if you did think your parents I just want to say, Stephen and I will be perfect. I'm just saying, putting it there. (laughs) (laughs) But even if you think your parents were perfect with you, you are still going to want and have different things you want to raise your children with. Yeah. Right? And so it's the same thing with money you're going to be able to want and do things differently with your money and how you're going to teach your children about money than the way your parents have, right? Our parents have. Because our parents, I mean, I I don't know hardly anyone that I, I mean, maybe it's because I work with people <laughs> with money, but I don't know anyone whose parents actually really taught them about money and taught them in a really healthy way about money. Right. And so, you know, these are the decisions that you get to make around it. And, um, and as much as like, yeah, like her comments, it's like, even if it was a joke, it's still, it's not the funniest joke. Right. (laughs) I mean, I, I think that like, it's just, you know, for her, it's just like, okay, well, Thank you. Thank you for your. (laughs) Thanks for your judgment. I mean, input. (laughs) But but yes, but 
And then the other part about it is, yes, you're going to be able to make more money when you actually hire people to do the things that you don't love to do or that you don't really want to be doing. Yeah, you're going to be able to, uh, you know, talk to clients, create more income, do all of the things that, you know, and why would you be spending time doing that, right? For me, like, I hate to weed. I'm going to spend money on a gardener to come to my house every single week to actually do all the weeding and gardening and all that stuff for me because there's no way I'm spending two hours a week or more yeah. <laughs> with that kind of stuff. Well, and I know? think that that's, you know, I think that that's something that's, it's a, that is a mindset around abundance and, uh, that I think no one's really taught and it comes from that scarcity place, right? I mean, it's the same as like, you know, actors who um, get in, who don't want to get an agent or get an agent like or, or you know, because it, it's all about like, where where do you want to be? Like, what it, what is it worth to you? And yes, 100%. And you're creating something, uh, you're creating a job for somebody else who loves it. Yeah. Right? Like my gardener knows so much about flowers and trees and plants and stuff. And, and, and like, it's amazing. Like every time I've talked to him about these kinds of things, I'm just like, wow, you really like it. And you're really good at what you do. Thank God, because I don't, I know nothing. <laughs> it's like hard for me to even keep my house plants alive mm -hmm. when I have them. You it's know? so true, so but it's, yeah. But it is it is definitely a challenge in a marriage or in a partnership when you do have two different sets of backgrounds of growing up, um, yeah. you know, financially, spiritually, all of those things too, right? So right, it's very, 100%. very interesting to hear you say all that because that is something that's come up for us. You know, we've built this whole brand, the Broadway Husbands brand together, which is now creating another income stream for us with brand deals and partnerships and and all that stuff. And I love it so much, but we still have to, Steven still has to teach ballet classes, you know, five days a week, which he doesn't, he doesn't mind, but he doesn't love it. Um, and I'm, you know, still doing coaching. So it's always like, it, yeah, it would be great to be a full-time content creator and maybe we will get there, but constantly having these conversations around why it's worth investing time maybe to make something even if it doesn't pay at this point to build a portfolio or to build a reputation those kind of things are um are things that like our parents just are never going to understand they're never going to understand right <laughs> and it's not important for them to understand it right it yeah. like why would it be important for them to understand that you know and um and again this is like yeah with couples it's just that much more challenging to kind of combine you know all the years that you grew up with with all the all of your parents stuff <laughs> however it's just really good to keep yourselves in that bubble to start to m make those decisions based off of what you want right like i really believe in that you know, when you're going uphill, right, like in metaphorically or physically, <laughs> um, figuratively, um, when you're going uphill and you're trying to achieve the dream that you really want, like when we're really tied into what everybody else wants and what everybody else thinks, it's like tying yourself with weights, right, while you're going uphill, you know. And so like it's time to let go of those weights 
it's time to see what those are, right? Like sometimes you may want to keep some of them, like the way that, you know, you're, you may want to raise your, your child that's coming to you. You, there are some things you want to keep from the yep. way you were raised. And then there are some things that you don't. And then some the stuff that you don't, it's just time to let that go and start to create that little bubble between the three of you, right? And and say, this is our life to look like. These are our family's mission and values, mm. and, right? And, the, and we're going to keep moving in that direction no matter what somebody else believes and thinks. You know, they can have their opinions and that's fine. It's just, it doesn't really Gosh, need to happen. But isn't it so hard? I mean, no matter where you are in your stage of life, like whether you're trying to own your values and make decisions from that place with someone or by yourself early on, and you're like, this is the path, this is my dream, this is my calling. Gosh, don't we all just want approval so much from, especially from our parents, you know? Of course, of course. Um, but of course. I definitely over the years have learned that you know, they're, and it's easy for me, right? I can look at, at my family's values and go, okay, those align, those don't align with mine. They're, they're mm -hmm. conservative Republicans, like very Texas, <laughs> <laughs> <Got> it. <laughs> which I know, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you don't even need to say anymore. I'm totally got it. Right. <laughs> yes. And that's just not, my values. And I think that, you know, someone who maybe still feels very aligned with their family's values and like, you know, they, they might struggle with that. But I think that's really what, you know, you talk about is really knowing yourself mm -hmm. and being able to, what's the word they, the phrase they use in codependence and it's like, um, separate with love or, um, hmm. well, what's the word mm -hmm. they say? Like being able to detach with love. Detached with love. I love that. That's right. really beautiful. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's so really, that's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Detached mm -hmm. with love. Detaching yeah. with love. And that's what boundaries are really. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because boundaries, even though most of us feel like boundaries are like putting up a wall against somebody, but it's not, you know, it's really creating a place of love and, and, but not being attached to whatever they are doing or they need from you or <laughs> or their their expectations of you right and yes we do need approval for sure especially from our parents however i always tell people like if you can't get it from your parents it's it's time to look at look at it for yourself right mm. you're parenting yourself in a way too right and saying you know, I have a photo of myself as a little girl next to, to my computer at all times. <laughs> oh. And um, <laughs> and I, you know, sometimes I'll look at that photo and just say, like, you know, I love you. You're great. You're doing great. You deserve love even if you're, you know, without having to do much. Right. Because that's that's how I kind of grew up was like having to always perform or get the good grades or do the things, you know, in order to get praise or love or affection, that kind of stuff. You know, so now I get to reparent that for myself and say, no, you're good. You're you know, you're perfect as you are. You know, I love you as you are. I am going to do that. I'm going to get a picture of myself and put it right next to my desk and remind myself, you are loved, you are perfect as you are, and you're doing great. Gosh, boy, does that kid need to hear that, right? 
Yeah. What do you think are some of the most common unconscious beliefs or thoughts? I mean, maybe we've covered some of them, but you know, anything we didn't touch on that you think uh, people are maybe stuck on that they're not even aware that is keeping them stuck? I think people still believe deep down inside that money is evil Mm. (laughs) and that um, only really terrible people and jerks have have tons of money and that it's not something that they can really achieve through a creative means either. Mm. And here's what I have to say. It's like money is neutral. (laughs) It's the it's whatever you place upon that value. Right. And if you continue to believe that it's actually going to make it that much harder for you to actually make money, especially doing what you love. Instead, I want you to start to look at examples of somebody who is doing the creative work that you want to be doing, Hmm. and they're doing it with integrity, and Hmm. it's somebody that you actually really admire and love, right? And then you can start to make that person an example of something because you don't have that experience yet, so you can take their experience and try to make it your own for a little bit until you actually can experience it. And the other part I want to say is like, if the, if more of us who are very heartfelt and open and vulnerable and loving really start to create more money in our lives, then we're changing the world. Mm -hmm. We're going to change this world to be in such a beautiful place so that generations and generations are not going to believe that money is evil and, and only really, horrible people make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, I love that. And I think that there is definitely what we see publicly too is just the people who there's people who exploit money, right? And this like in, you know, I talk a lot about social media, right, and my content and uh and how to build a brand and there's just so many of these people who are marketing their services for social media with this like 10x 10x you're following and and your income and like i always see these like kind of hyper masculine super hetero guys like with a maserati in front of a castle i'm like this is not what i want to live i don't that's not my life i don't want that even if i had money i don't want that and yet somehow that's what people think money is right and But, and then behind the scenes, there's people making great money who aren't exploiting it that way. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And so it's like, yeah, find, find who, whoever that is, right? Like for me, one of the people that I love to look at is Oprah, who is probably like very stereotypical and a lot of people probably love her for various reasons. But one thing I really love about her is one, she came from nothing, right? Like she didn't even have a working bathroom when she was growing up. She had, she had to go to an outhouse and there was a lot of abuse in her life, right? Like both physical and sexual abuse. And yet she has come out on the other side with like this amazing career. And then also she's using her money for the things, the causes and things that she cares about, right? Like she's had so many successes with different, you know, she's, she's opened multiple schools now in Africa. 
And every girl that actually goes to her schools, she pays for their college tuition in full. Right. Right. If they can just get into a, a university, she pays for that. Isn't that right? amazing? And so it's like, and then now she's created like, you know, hundreds of these girls that are really, you know, leaders in the world and, and moving and changing their lives. Right. And, and so it's important that we're finding these examples for ourselves of people who are using their riches for good. Right. <laughs> and, and who can create such magic and such um, amazingness just even because they have the money and the resources to do so. How would, what was it for you that was like, you know what, I'm going to shift into helping people with their finances. Like I, I've done TV producing long enough. I think I'm going to do this. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, part of it was after I turned 40, I was like, I know I can probably keep being a freelance TV producer for a couple more years, but I knew I definitely didn't want to once I was in my 50s, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to try to find something that I could, I wanted to have my own business. And I didn't really quite know what that was in the beginning. And so I talked to a bunch of people and to figure out like, what I was really good at that people thought I was really good at. And a lot of people actually mentioned, well, you're really good at your good with money. And, and for some re reason, like whenever you weren't working, you didn't seem bummed out about it or stressed about it. You know, what, what is that? What is your secret around that? And, and then I was like, oh yeah, there's something around that because I actually love reading. I mean, this is super nerdy, but I love even reading like stock prospectuses, <laughs> which is so funny because I've had like financial investment advisors tell me, oh, I don't even like reading those. Kinds of <laughs> <things>. <laughs> and, um, and then I, so I started down the path of like, you know, getting all the certifications with coaching. And then also I went back to school and went to um, UC Berkeley's financial planning program and did that. Um, and then I, I understood it as like, well, I mean, all of these people who are going to these financial advisors, though, they're not really changing any habits. They're just having somebody else sort of manage it for them, right? But they still don't know or understand anything about money or be able to create. And then that's fine, I guess, if, if you do want to just put blinders on and not understand what your money is doing for you, right? But I wanted to do something else that was like um, a shift in terms of like, of making their lives uh, some, into something different, you know, so that they can really, really create it for themselves. Because like we, we talked about in the beginning, like there's a lot of shame that comes from money, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of shame when you don't have money or in you're in a lot of debt or, you know, um, yeah, just that kind of stuff, you know? And so I want to take away that shame for people. And so that, we can all have the conversation, but also do that deeper healing inside. And so that we can start to really create the lives that we really want to have. Because I do believe that. I do believe that we have this one talent, right? And that's also from the Bible. That's another Bible verse that I actually really believe you in. You can take like, the girl out of Texas, but. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
you know, but I just, I believe that, you know, our talents are here, to, our God-given talents are here to, for us not to bury them, right? Yeah. And instead to shine them in the world. And then when we actually use it and use our resources, right? Because the word talent in the Bible was for both our gifts, I think, and then also for the money. And yeah. when we use, utilize our resources well, right, we actually are rewarded for with more in this lifetime, you know, mm. and, and when we just bury it in the ground, right, then nothing good can come of it. But we're also not shining that, right? It's basically a slap in the face to God if we're saying like, yeah, I'm not going to use my resources and I'm not using my God-given talent. I'm, instead, I'm just burying it in the ground or hiding from the world with it. You know, so wow, I love I that. that yeah. Yeah. You're doing like a higher, a higher powers work when you share it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. 100%. You know, and then TV was always really fun, but it wasn't like there, there wasn't a moment where I felt like this is my life's purpose. You know, this mm. is, <laughs> and now every day when I'm working with clients, I just feel that sense of purpose. You know, I feel mm. like, um, yeah, just really helping people, you know, to at least, you know, shift the way they've been doing things. And or sometimes it's like they are, you know, creating the life that they truly, truly want, you know, with yeah. this. Yeah. And it goes beyond just money. You know, like so many times people will tell me like about, oh, now, yeah, I'm getting married. I'm having children. I'm, you know, about to be in a show for the first time or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all kinds of things, you know, all kinds of things happen when we're working on this stuff. Well, so talking about, you know, your resources, you have a resource that you want to share with the listeners. Talk, what, what do you have? It's a personality quiz. Yeah, well, so I have a, a financial freedom method. And however, I really believe that everybody is unique, right, when it comes to how you deal with uh, your money. And so I've created a quiz that helps you to look at um, your personality around money. And then based off of your personality, what are the next steps for you to take um, in terms of getting to financial freedom? for yourself. Amazing. I'll put that down in the show notes for people okay. to listen and please go follow Katie. What, what platforms are you on? Um, Instagram is my favorite. So yeah. yeah, definitely follow me on Instagram at Katie Chen Mazzara. And um, I mean, I'm on Facebook and all of the other stuff, but I really like Instagram the best. <laughs> me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anything you want to share that we didn't discuss or anything you want to make sure we cover before we say goodbye? All I want to really impart on the last thing is that you can do this, right? Like if you are somebody who has a big, huge creative dream, it is 100% possible. It's 100% possible for you to actually not just achieve your dream, but actually make money from the things that you really love to do. Ah. Uh. You heard that from a financial advisor, everyone. <laughs> not just from me, not just from somebody who's who believes it, from someone who's actually seen it happen. So yes. that's beautiful. Thank you for coming and talking with us. It's been my pleasure. I love it. <laughs> Thank you.